Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good afternoon. It's V the Grill Economist. We have with us Harley Schlanger. He needs no introduction to any of you. You can find him over at the LaRoucheOrganization.com, the LaRoucheOrganization.com, as well as the SchillerInstitute.com as well. Harley, there are so many things that are happening right now, so many things that have transpired in the last 24 to 48 hours. Where do you want to begin? Well, it's really enough to make your head spin because oh, yeah. the, especially if you're limited to the Western mainstream media, where what you're being treated to is a, a series of lies about how Putin has in, invaded Ukraine. He's planning on uh, destroying the country, that uh, it's unjustified, and on and on and on. And what you know, what you're looking at in terms of the situation in Europe, where I'm sitting, is that there are a lot of people who know that's not true, that right. know that there was a 20-year effort by Putin to try to get an agreement for security guarantees for Russia, that he was constantly rebuffed. It was never even discussed. And so back in December, when he brought it up again, the line from Biden, from Blinken, from Bojo, from even from Macron and others, was that, well, the problem is we're not going to negotiate this. It's a non-starter. We will talk about secondary issues. And the idea of treating Putin and Russia as though they're a minor player in the world uh, gives you a sense of, of the arrogance of the Western establishment. Now, the reality that, that I think people have to try and wrap their heads around is that what the West is defending is a collapsing system. There's no way to keep this financial system afloat for the long term. Right. And launching a war against Russia is not a very good idea in terms of survival, but it's also not going to lead to a re economic recovery. And the idea that there's great concern about the uh, freedom of the Ukrainian nation and democracy in re Ukraine, Ukraine is a country that is suppressing its opposition. It's jailing opposition leaders. It's shutting down opposition newspapers. Uh, and the idea that this is a shining example of democracy and that there must be unity in the West to defend this is one of the hoaxes. Now, one of the things Putin said when he announced the uh, launching of the Russian attack into Ukraine is that there are two goals. One is demilitarization of Ukraine and the other is denazification. Now, on the demilitarization, over $5 billion has been loaned to Ukraine in the last three months to purchase weapons. Uh, almost $2 billion of that from the United States, $1.2 billion from the EU, and I, I don't remember the others uh, specifically. But here's a country that's about to default on $4 billion in foreign debt, and they were given $5 billion to purchase new weapons. 
most of which I'm pretty sure will end up in the hands of the Russian army by the we end of the weekend. Right. Now, imagine, I, I was just thinking today, trying to figure out an analogy. Imagine had Joe Biden uh, been the, or had, yeah, had Joe Biden been Khrushchev during the Cuban Missile Crisis. When <laughs> Kennedy said, we're going to blockade you, and if necessary, bomb your sites, Biden would have told Khrushchev, send in more weapons. You know, that's the appropriate analogy. And what Putin is saying is we're going to take out these weapons. We're going to take out the Nazis. Now, the other thing, Blinken and others were saying, oh, this is the old Russian narrative about Nazis. And what the, the West has done, what people like Blinken and the, the great human rights activists of the European Union is black out the fact that a significant portion of the militia that's behind the, that's backing up the Defense Department in Ukraine, including the main advisor to the defense minister, Ryaznikov, that, or Reznikov rather, that this is a group of neo-Nazis, the Azov Battalion, the Pravi Sector. Uh, in 2019, the last time Zelensky made an effort to meet with, to talk with the uh, Eastern Ukrainians about a backing away from the line of contact. When he proposed doing that, 10,000 of these neo-Nazis showed up in the Maidan Square, calling him a traitor and threatening him if he did that. Hmm. So the idea that Putin is saying we have to clear out the Nazis in Ukraine, and he's laughed at by people like Blinken and others, gives you a sense of the arrogance of people who are directing the Western forces at a point at which they're about to lose their command and, and control over the global situation. There are cracks appearing in the unity of, of NATO. Uh, in Germany, I'll, I'll tell you, it's really interesting, V, because you can learn something psychologically. People I talked to last week in Germany who were saying, yeah, the, the, the West should be negotiating with Putin. There should be a pullback. Uh, there should be a guarantee of no weapons in, into Ukraine, no NATO for Ukraine. Today, they're running around saying Putin's a criminal. Putin's got to be stopped. Because you can see that their bosses in London and Washington gave them marching orders. And even the normal people, when they see it on the media, and they were sympathetic to what Putin was trying to do, have now jumped on the war bandwagon. So that's the, the bad side of it. The, the good side is that the, the uh, Western countries, the transatlantic countries really have no option militarily. And the more they pile on the sanctions, the more they're going to create the potential for a new financial system, which will take off with or without the United States. Yeah. So that's just a, a sort of a wrap up from my perspective of what's going on. You know, um, right now it seems that the you know when the Russians took and they put brought forces into Donetsk and Lugansk, you know, a lot of people thought that they were, they were stopping there, and there were others that thought, hey, you know what, in for a penny, in for a pound, they need to go ahead purge Ukraine, and they have been doing that. Over forty some odd hits have occurred. I even heard rumors that uh, a few U.S. bioweapons labs were taken out and or captured. Um, 
you know, they've broken the back of the Ukrainian Air Force. Their entire air defense network is completely gone. Their navy is completely gone. They're toast. And uh, now it, 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 Russia has to do this. They have to purge Ukraine. They cannot give Washington a backyard. They, they cannot give Washington a access to a, to a backyard that's like so close to their border. It's, they're doing the right thing, Harley. Well, and what, what Putin has said is that this is a platform for a future attack. Sure. And what Putin said on the sanctions is that no matter what Russia did, they were planning to go ahead with the sanctions. Yeah. And this was absolutely clear from a statement or a memo that was released from a January 25th meeting at the White House, which said the goal of sanctions should be to destroy Russia as a modern economy. Correct. Now, this was before there was an invasion. Uh, this was before any sanctions were implemented. And a uh, spokesman for the a senior spokesman came out at a uh, press briefing and said explicitly that these uh, export controls and, and controls on high tech imports and everything else will lead that the intent is to make the atrophying of its industrial base. So what was this was not about Ukraine. This was right. about the West's attack on Russia. Now, why is that the reason? Well, because Russia will not bow down to the petrodollar system. In fact, Russia is building a potential for an alternative system. Right. And they're doing it with China. This was escalated in the West after the February 4th Putin G meeting. And if people haven't read the, the document that they signed, it's a 16-page agreement. And it's very straightforward. I, I think what's interesting is the Daily Telegraph, one of the leading spokes papers for the British uh, 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 oligarchy, had it right. They said that what this means now is that the West or the, that the uh, Russians will no longer tolerate the idea of a unipolar world. So we're seeing the end of a unipolar world. It's not going to be pretty. Uh, you know, I, I find it so ironic to hear people uh, in the U.S. Congress talk about the brutality of Putin's uh, <laughs> forces. What the hell happened in Iraq? What did we do in Libya? What did we do in Syria? What did we do in Afghanistan? Even worse. OK, and, and, and this is so perfect for me, Harley. I'll tell you why. They are going out on a limb. Every single one of these American politicians who have no understanding of geography, history, anything. They're just a bunch of low-rent PR agents. That's all they are. And they're going on out on a limb, categorizing Russia and what they're doing as barbaric and war criminal-like. What is going to happen when Ukraine is finally broken, when Kiev falls, which, which could be any, at any moment right now. It could, it, it could happen by the time you and I end this broadcast, what's going to happen when Kiev falls? And then all of a sudden the mass graves are discovered where you have 10, 20, 15, 16,000 people that have been massacred in this war. And all the records that are, that are extracted from the Spavoda party in Ukraine, the Azov brigades, the Bandera brigades, and all that information comes forward, and then the funding is revealed, where they're getting funded from. And when the criminal trials begin, which Putin promised, 
then he's going to denazify Ukraine, and there's going to be war tribunals. All, these politicians are not only going to have egg on their faces in the West, but there will be criminal culpability that will be revealed for the entire world. Now, I think the other point here is what are they offering Ukraine? They're offering them weapons. But Ukraine is a, a collapsed economy Correct. that was collapsed during the period of the immediate uh, de-Soviet policy when they were breaking from the Soviet Union in the 90s. Uh, they had the same kind of shock therapy that Russia did. But unlike Russia, they never recovered from it. Yep. The, the shock therapy continued and then was escalated after the Maidan coup in 2014. So Ukraine went from one of the wealthiest of the Eastern European countries, uh, a country that has enormous resources uh, and, and um, had an industrial base that had been built during the Soviet times by the Russians, to a junkyard of uh, shutdown factories, of uh, oligarchs looting the country. And, you know, what's the offer for Ukraine now? What Putin is saying is that Ukraine could be a bridge from Eurasia to Europe. Correct. As opposed to a new wall. Yep. You, know, you talk about containment. The people building the walls in Europe now are the ones who are calling for the walls to be torn down during the Soviet period. Yep. They want to keep the Russians and the Chinese out of Europe. Now, who benefits from this? the bankrupt city of London and Wall Street speculators that are trying to use the central banks as a, a flood of the wall of money creator, a flood of liquidity, so they can keep trading absolutely worthless assets and making profits on them while driving the inflation through the roof. So it's not just the Russians that are under attack and the Ukrainians. The Europeans are under attack with the whole uh, uh, sanctions. The If they kick Russia out of SWIFT, what it means is that German and French businesses will not be able to trade with Russia. Yeah. And Russia is a leading trading partner for Germany and France. So is China increasingly. Yep. And these countries will not be able to trade in pounds or euros or, or dollars. So... This is the, the, the reality. And then, of course, what about the United States? I mean, the inflation there, I saw some, some pictures on the Internet today of uh, $6 a barrel, a, a gallon of gasoline. I don't know if that's accurate or not. Probably California at this point. Yeah, I, I wouldn't yeah. doubt it. Yeah. I mean, there was a point when, uh, when supply chain shortages occurred, you were, you were paying 5 $6 a gallon in New York. So in California, same thing. They were paying like 7 bucks for super for 93 octane. Yeah. I mean, the, the gas prices here have gone up uh, over 50% in, in the last three weeks. Utility bills are, are up 40 to 50%. And, you know, the idea, I, I think, in the back of the mind of, of some of these people who are making the policy, is that when the crash comes, they'll blame Russia. Oh, yeah. The, and and, and they're, they're so stupid because they not only think that when the crash comes, they'll blame Russia which has always been the thing, and then, and absolve themselves of all the financial crimes. 
you know, the, the one smart thing these idiots did is, is, is create derivatives where it's very difficult forensically to go back and figure out exactly how the fraud was committed. But apart from that, they'll, you know, they'll blame Russia because most people are not sophisticated into figuring out the, the financial crimes. That's number one. Number two, these idiots will say, OK, we're going to transition to a green economy and a green energy. But the stupidity is green economies and green energies only work in the realm of academia. It only works in the realm of, 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 of academics and, and politicians and think tank morons who've never, ever worked in the energy industry, who don't know nothing about the, the, the metrics and the scale of economy. They have no clue, and that's going to fail as well. So what's going to happen is that North America, Europe, the entire West, Harley, it looks like we're going to enter a, a period of, of stagnation, energy crisis, food crisis. I mean, it, it's been told that now there's a... a, 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 uh, a um, fertilizer shortage that is occurring in, in both Europe, UK, and here in the United States. It's going to be wonderful. Well, Good times are ahead. Hunger Games. Yeah. Russia is one of the major producers of, of fertilizer. Ukraine also used to be anyway. Uh, but in Germany, the fertilizer companies are shutting down because of the high price of natural gas. And if the, you, the Nord Stream 2 continues to be uh, not opened, the situation will be worse uh, in Germany. And, and, you know, here you have Olaf Scholz, who made a big play of, of going to talk to uh, Putin and talk about being a mediator. And as soon as NATO came down on him, he immediately lined up in full support of, of the NATO policy. And he announced that Germany would shut down, would, would not open Nord Stream 2. Now, 40% of the gas in Europe comes from Russia. 40%. 44% when, to be exact. When, when you start shutting down things like nuclear, there are only three nuclear plants left operating in Germany, and they're going to be shut down at the end of 2022. And they're talking about phasing out coal by 2028, and, and the Greens and Schultz's government are saying 2025. Well, how are people going to power their, 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 their homes? How are people going to live? And you, there was this hilarious spoof done showing people sitting around flower pots with candles in them. Oh yeah. Now that's not going to be a spoof. That's going to be real for people yeah. in Germany. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're going to be going back to fireplaces and, and, and flower pots and, and keeping the, uh, the oven open while they're sitting there freezing, wearing parkas in their own homes, Harley. That's exactly what well, that's. And, and having, then no food. And having nothing to eat. Exactly. And the West, and they deserve it. They deserve it. And I'll tell you why they deserve it. We thought, us in the West, we thought we can live free and prosperous and be ignorant at the same time. Now the chickens are coming home to roost. If this does not cause the people of Germany, the people of Europe, to go into Klaus Schwab's house and drag that, that miserable wretch and hang him by his, by his toes upside down off a lamppost, I don't know what will. If this doesn't cause a total and abject rea re rejection of every single one of these morons on these uh, on these absolute lunatic ideas of gutting your industry, destroying your manufacturing, green energy, green New Deal, and a great reset, I don't know what will. Maybe this will wake up the people. Maybe they need to feel cold. Maybe they need to feel a little grumbling in their bellies, Harley. 
Well, and then you have Ursula von der Leyen, who's from an oligarchical family in Germany, the Albrecht family. Yeah, another genius, another yeah, luminary. She's, she's the president of the European Commission. Mm-hmm. And she was going to tell the Africans how they can uh, be at the forefront of the new energy revolution. And here's what she sure. proposed to them. Build solar panels in the desert and ship the electricity you produce to Europe. So this is a new form of colonialism. Now they're going to steal the sunlight from Africa. Yep. And the president of Senegal, uh, who's feeling his oats because Senegal won the uh, Africa World Cup, yeah. just said, well, you know, I don't know that that's going to work because there's 600 to 800 million people in Africa who want electricity, who will never get it with your plan, the so-called global gateway. And he said, why do you think people are welcoming the Chinese and the Russians with open arms because they're coming in with these small modular nuclear reactors. They're coming in and building coal plants. They're building railroads. And that's what Africa needs, not lectures from Europe about how they should have a sustainable electricity grid. Olia Moron, who has lived her entire life, a life of privilege, a life of an echo chamber, a life of an idiot, and reading, uh, you know, white papers from other idiots in academia who've never worked in an energy sector, who've never worked in commerce, business, never made a hard negotiated business deal. Only a moron like that would say something so stupid and, and, and technologically and scientifically ignorant statement, Harley. Absolutely ignorant. Well, and there are people at the European Parliament who are saying precisely that, that, that she's an imbecile. Yeah. Uh, one is our friend Marco Zani, who I think you may remember, an Italian leader of the uh, European Parliament, uh, who's continuing to put out statements just mocking the idiocy of the Greens. But I, I want to call people's attention to something that, you know, besides just talking about how stupid the enemy is, we've got to have a plan to put them out of business. And we just issued a call, an urgent call. It's a petition, but it's also an educational, uh, short educational document uh, for circulation to to give people a sense of what can be done. It's called a a, uh, Convoke an International Conference to Establish a New Security and Development Architecture for All Nations. It's available at the SchillerInstitute.com website. It goes through the fact that behind the war danger is the fears of a blowout of a nearly two quadrillion dollar speculative bubble in derivatives and debt that's already blowing apart. Jeremy Grantham said we're already in the collapse. Uh, And that the fear of the people running this plan is that before they get it implemented, there'll be a new financial system backed by Russia and China. Yep. Now, I don't think that's imminent, but the stupidity of this war policy is driving China and Russia in that direction. And it's not just China and Russia. The Japanese are interested. Uh, Some of the the wealthy Arab nations are interested. India is interested in it, even Australia. So, I mean, look, Qatar just had a meeting in Iran. You know, the the Ayatollah over there and... uh, and the and the and the and the sheikh, the emir of uh, Qatar, they, they just had a wonderful, fruitful meeting. 
two of the largest LNG providers on planet Earth just had a meeting to, to work out and iron their differences. Why? Because there's a power vacuum that is being left behind by the West. Who wants to put money and investments in a Western bank account? You got idiots like Trudeau, they'll take it. Who wants to make a treaty or an alliance with a Western nation? Because they're as unstable as water, Harley. West cannot be trusted. It is not an effective business partner at all. Well, and, and that's why what, what we're saying in this call is that after identifying the traditional British geopolitical doctrine, which is you cannot allow, if you're the British Empire the, or the Anglo-American Empire, you cannot allow an economic union between Europe and Eurasia. And that's why they're targeting Russia and China. Oh, yeah. What we point out is that that kind of economic union based on investment in physical goods production is the way you actually rebuild the world economy, lift the poor countries out of poverty, and recover from the damage that's been done by the post-industrial green idiocy of the last 20 years. So it's a, an approach to stop the war drive with the idea of a new uh, security architecture, at the same time committing that security architecture to defend sovereign nations working together in policies of economic development. And it, it ends with very short summary of Lyndon LaRouche's four laws of how you shut out the speculators, how you have a national credit system as opposed to a funny money fiat system, uh, and where the money should be invested, how it can be invested. So it's a very short, it's a little more than one page, but it's on the schillerinstitute.com website with a petition I'd ask you to sign it, circulate it, get it out as widely as possible, because this is the kind of discussion we need to have uh, in the United States, as opposed to the polarized discussion that, that's being created by the absolute fools in the media. And by the way, one other thing to keep an eye on, I know we don't have a lot of time to talk about this, but there are new developments around the Durham investigation. And it's not just Hillary Clinton that's in the line of fire. It's the whole security apparatus around the FBI, the CIA, and also the, the Obama operation. And when you talk about Obama, you're talking about people inside the, the Biden administration. Uh, Jake, what, what's his name? The, the uh, security advisor. Oh, yeah. Jake. Um, uh, folks, what was that guy's name? Jake something. Maybe somebody in the live chat could tell us. I forget about it. I forget yeah. it right now. His name is forgettable. It really is. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So the Durham investigation is turning up exactly what we said years ago, that you had an alliance of the Bush crowd with the Obama-Clinton networks, with the intelligence community. Sullivan, that's it. Someone. That's uh, it, Jake Sullivan. Right, Jake right. Sullivan. Uh, who, by the way, Another was personally genius. shopping the the uh, report from the British uh, Empire to to blame to say that Trump was being blackmailed yeah. by Putin. So here you have a a uh, an opportunity to bring these guys down. At the same time, the proposal that we're making economically to shift out of this petrodollar system, the funny money fiat system into a hard uh, economic investment system would bankrupt them. Correct. So we've got a potential to win this fight, no matter how dark it may look at any moment, 
uh, we're going to turn the corner. And the rest of the world is not going to submit to the Klaus Schwab's and the Davos crowd and the, the Mark Carney's who Carney, by the way, is trying to make himself the prime minister of Canada. <laughs> Jesus. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's a revolving door where, it, 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 you know, the, in the speculative, speculative driven economy and the speculative driven countries, it's a revolving door where you get the chance to fail upwards. It's incredible. Yeah, another example of that is Stoltenberg, the head of NATO. Oh, another he's, genius. He's leaving NATO. You know where he's going? To ECB. take over the Bank of Norway. Oh, Bank of Norway. Which oh, is this way. The most highly endowed national sovereign uh, fund, four trillion. Fund. Yeah. Four trillion. And you know yeah. what? Wall Street and the city of London have been licking their chops to get at it. And well, they've been trying to get at it for the last 15 years, Harley. The last yeah. 15 years. So they're mm -hmm. going to take this imbecile Stoltenberg and put him in charge. If the people of Norway have any sort of scruples, they will not allow that man within 10 feet of the, of the, of the Norwegian Central Bank. Not even 10 feet. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. They're about to, I mean, they're about to see their savings. This is what it is. It's this cash grab. The West is falling apart. Their economies are imploding everywhere. It's a cash grab. This is why it's, they want to monitor every bank transaction. They want to go after every crypto wallet. They want to. You got guys like Stolzenberg who wants to give, you know, become the uh, the head of the Norwegian Central Bank, so they have access to the four trillion dollar sovereign wealth fund. A four trillion dollar sovereign wealth fund. Uh, how many people live in Norway? What ten, twelve? Almost none. <laughs> exactly. So you have more you, reindeer than people there. Right. So but every the, single the Norwegian is a multimillionaire. The the people of Norway are actually quite thoughtful, and. You know, are, are not willing to allow their fund to be used to bail out worthless paper Correct. of the George Soros's and the Mark Carney's and, and, and the uh, Jamie Dimon's. Yep. So, you know, I, I think we're about to see a new wave of rebellion uh, in Europe and the United States. And I think in the United States, we have to have a rebellion which includes a programmatic alternative, not mm -hmm. merely being against the stupid things but actually posing how we get back to the American system of physical economics and how that represents the step in the right direction away from this funny money fiat system. Agree wholeheartedly. Americans and the West in general need to get real smart on who their politicians are. They need to get real smart on this fraud that is climate change, an absolute fraud. And they need to get real smart on what, what it means to have a production-based economy it's the only thing that's going to save us because the multipolar world is heading in that direction. And, and, and these idiots are trying to crash our economy to, to create a neo-feudalistic technocratic dictatorship have no interest in a physical economy because the physical economy is like the death knell to their scams and schemes. Well, uh, just something interesting I'll, I'll just share with the, the viewers here. In the last couple of days, I've been interviewed on press TV in Iran yes. and Pakistan TV, the news and views program, which is the biggest evening English language program and laid out this, this uh, strategy of physical economy and had tremendous response because these are countries that are often overlooked. Pakistan is, is treated as a kind of terrorist uh, state. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A haven uh, for terrorists. And what you have in the president Imran Khan of Pakistan right now 
is working very closely with the Chinese to try to save Afghanistan. But interestingly, they're now working together with the Indians. The Indians just sent a large shipment of wheat through Pakistan to Afghanistan, which would yeah. never have happened before. Correct. And so there's a, a shift going on in these countries. Iran is doing some things to help Afghanistan. You've got the whole situation in the Transcaucuses where they tried to pull off a regime change coup in Kazakhstan and the countries there came together and crushed it. Uh, the same thing that, that happened in Belarus. So the attempt to break up the unity of the Eurasian countries uh, has failed. Now they're trying directly to go after Russia, and that's going to fail. The only question is whether they'll, as they're failing, resort to the ultimate of nuclear weapons. And I'm not talking about SWIFT. I'm talking about the actual use of nuclear weapons to try to stop Putin. And that would be it. And they're going to they're gonna learn a terrible lesson if they do that, Harley, because there's a, guy, there's a few guys that could put an end to that. Their name is Mr. Kinzel, Mr. Avant-Garde, Mr. Caliber, and uh, Mr. S-500. Yes. They can take care of that very quickly. Yes. By the time the, uh, the 50-year-old American Minuteman missile just starts to get maybe 10 feet off the ground, it'll be taken out very rapidly. I mean, this is a joke. I would be surprised. And I've talked to one of my guys was the head dude, the head man, handling a lot of the nuclear uh, ordinances and whatnot in the United States. And he retired a couple of years ago. God bless him. He says that he will be. He's, he'll be surprised if maybe even twenty percent of our nuclear, you know, five, you know, close to five thousand nukes that we have. Very surprising if if, if even twenty percent actually work. Yeah, this is. You remember in the old days, some people were saying that the U.S. military was unsurpassed, and, yeah. and now it does actually seem to be a paper tiger. Yeah, it completely is. Next week, I'm having uh, Andre Martinov on, and uh, and when we do that interview, I'd love for you to. I'll send you the link, Harley. Just uh, Andre's amazing. Yeah, please do, please yeah, do. He's, he, uh, a former intelligence officer, worked in the Russian Navy. The guy's book is phenomenal. Losing military supremacy is a recommended read for everybody. It's incredible. That's Martinov. Is that what yeah. you said? Yep, Andre Martinov. I'll, I'll send you the link. Uh, to uh, his uh, his book as well as uh, yeah he runs a YouTube channel as well he comes out and and uh, gives his uh, his uh, uh, comments on what's going on in the world but uh, he's away on his uh, he's uh, he's away at a family function he'll be back next week and I think the week of March first uh, Martinov and I are going to be getting together I have all three of his books I I loved losing military supremacy so much that I bought uh, the uh, Modern Affairs of Mo of Modern Military his second book and uh, Disintegration which is his third book about America just being disintegrated, being gone yeah. in terms of a culture, in terms of a power, in terms of, of anything. We're, dis we're a descending civilization. We're descending power. And um, these idiots want a Thelicity's trap that they're not going to get. Well, one of my Russian contacts was telling me that, you know, I brought up that Putin or Lavrov actually said the West is now post-Christian. Correct. He said it's getting worse than that. It's becoming aggressive atheist. Yeah, it's 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 weird. It's some sort of amalgam of atheism, nihilism, and paganism mixed together with a little bit of pantheism sprinkled on top to keep things interesting. This is where we're devolved. And what's happening is we have lost culture. 
And there's no point in building a physical economy if you don't have culture. And I think this is the foremost thing that we need to win back first is we need to re-enervate culture in this country, without which they can't build anything. It will devolve back to nihilism and, 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 and insanity as it is now. And I think this is something that we need to all work together on. I agree with you absolutely on that. And again, go to the SchillerInstitute.com. There's a lot of interesting material posted there. I did an interview with a uh, person who's an analyst who works for Gazprom who lives in Germany named Alexander Rahr. The interview is now posted where he gets, gives you his views on the uh, what, what's going on in, in Ukraine and Russia and, and what's the likely outcome of the situation. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Harley, very well said. Great interview as always. Folks, check them out. SchillerInstitute.com, the, the LaRouche organization.com as well. Harley, any last things you want to you say? No, I think we've covered a lot. Good, good to see the uh, chat room is active. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, March 28th, folks, we are back on YouTube. March 28th, we are out of the penalty box, uh, back on YouTube. So this is V and this is Har- Harley and V. We're back. We're here today. Rogue News in Exile, folks. And Harley Schlanger from LaRouche Institute, and I'm sorry, LaRoucheOrganization.com, SchillerInstitute.com as well. Harley, thank you so much. Thank you to all the audience for listening in. Enjoy your weekends. Cheers.